Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back to another edition of the Renegade Talk.fm radio station where we don't sugarcoat shit, Renegade Nation. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We love you. Right, Marky Mark? I love you, Richie. And Marla is still in Cairo. Someone's having a good time. Banging a camel. Here we go. Notice in there he said living free. Yeah, but I think he was riding a camel. Oh, riding a camel. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm always confused. I need some more pot. Give me some tequila, man. All right, here we go. Anyway, today, a pilot furious with the Internal Revenue Service, that's the IRS, uh, ladies and gentlemen, crashed his small plane into an Austin, Texas office building where nearly 200 federal tax employees worked on Thursday, igniting a raging fire that sent massive plumes of thick black smoke rising from the seven-story structure. Yes, so Mark. some of you people out there remember, uh, those that are in Texas, some of your returns are on fire. They're on fire now. Yeah, the FBI identified the pilot as Joseph Stack, a 53-year-old software engineer. Stack was confirmed dead, but the body has not yet been recovered. But what is really interesting about this story is that he wrote a suicide note. And the, we know for a fact that the ostrich media is not going to go into detail with this suicide note. That and, he, and they took it off the internet. And they took it off the internet. Oh, did they? Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, they don't want anybody to know what he had to say, but right here at Renegade, we're going to tell you exactly because we have a copy of it, starting with, and this is going to go on for, uh, for I would say, about a half an hour. We might be taking some breaks throughout. You uh, will be able to... Um, you definitely want to listen to this you, guy. You definitely want to listen to this. And the other thing is you'll be able to uh, make your comments on YouTube because we'll put a portion of that on, and then you'll be able to go to Renegade Talk. FM and listen to the whole complete entire thing. Because while Rich is reading us, you think about what Rich is saying about this individual. Not that we agree with what he did with the plane. I mean, he should have landed it safely. But when you start reading this guy's head, you're going to find out a lot of you people out there listening to us think exactly the way he's talking. Listen, if you're, if you're reading this, you're no doubt asking yourself, why did this have to happen? The simple truth is that it is, a complicated, it is very complicated and has been coming for a long time. The writing process started many months ago, was intended to be therapy in the face of the looming realization that there isn't enough therapy in the world that can fix what is really broken. Needless to say, this rant could fill volumes with example after example if I would let it. I find the process of writing it frustrating, tedious, and probably pointless, especially given my gross inability to gracefully articulate my thoughts in light of the storm raging in my head. Exactly what is therapeutic about that, I'm not sure. But desperate, but desperate times call for desperate measures. We are all taught as children that without laws there would be no society, only anarchy. Sadly, starting at early ages, we in this country have been brainwashed to believe that in return for our dedication and service, our government stands for justice for all. We are further brainwashed to believe that there is freedom in this place and that we should be ready to lay our lives down for the noble principles represented by its founding fathers. Remember, one of these was no taxation without representation. I have spent the total years of my adulthood unlearning that crap from only a few years of my childhood. These days, anyone who really stands up for that principle is promptly labeled a crackpot, traitor, and worse. 
While very few working people would say that they haven't had their fair share of taxes, in parentheses, as I can, in my lifetime, I can say with a great degree of certainty that there has never been a politician cast a vote on, on any matter with the likes of me or my interest in mind, nor, for that matter, are they the least bit interested in me or anything I have to say. And that is so true when you think about the Tea Partiers. Why is it that a handful of thugs and plunderers can commit unthinkable atrocities, and this is in parentheses, and in the case of GM executive for scores of years, and when it's time for their gravy train to crash under the weight of their gluttony and overwhelmingly stupidity, the force of the full federal government has no difficulty coming to their aid within days, if not hours. Yet, at the same time, the joke we call the American medical system, including the drug and insurance companies, are murdering tens of thousands of people a year and stealing from the corpses and victims they cripple and this country's leaders don't see this as important as bailing out a few of their vile, rich cronies. Yet the political representatives, and this is in parentheses, thieves, liars, and self-serving scumbags is far more accurate. Uh, can, I, can I help you there, Richard? Yes. Senators, assemblymen. Congressmen. Congressmen, city council members, county supervisors, mayors. Those are the words he really wanted to use there have endless time to sit around for year after year and to debate the state of the terrible health care problem. It's clear they see no crisis as long as the dead people don't get in the way of their corporate profits rolling in. And justice? You've got to be kidding. How can any rational individual explain that white elephant conundrum in the middle of our tax system and indeed our entire legal system? Here we have a system that is by far too complicated for the brightest of the master scholars to understand. Yet, and the senator most recently stated himself, I need a accountants, I need attorneys to read this shit so I can understand it myself. In fact, in fact then, yeah, right, the, the, IRS, IRS, the IRS commissioner himself, himself goes to a uh, tax uh, preparer. And how many senators recently have said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't understand it completely. But do you find them getting their asses in jail and what kind of penalties did they pay? Hell no. Hell no. Yet, okay, continuing on, yet it mercifully holds accountable its victims claiming that they're responsible for fully complying with the laws, not even the experts understand. With penalties and interest. The law requires a signature on the bottom of a tax filing, yet no one can say truthfully that they understand what they are signing. If, not, if that's not duress, then what is? Because we trust the people who prepare our taxes. If this is not the measure of a totalitarian regi regime, nothing is. Next, how did I get here? My introduction <laughs> to the real American nightmare starts back in the early 80s. Unfortunately, after more than 16 years of school, somewhere along the line, I picked up the absurd, pompous notion that I could read and understand plain English. Some friends introduced me to a group of people who were having tax code readings and discussions. In particular, zeroed in on a section relating to the wonderful exemptions that make institutions like the vulgar, corrupt Catholic Church so incredibly wealthy. Now, I want to say something here. Uh, Marla's great-grandfather was the governor of the state of California from 1938 to 1943 and wanted to tax the Roman Catholic Church, and he got thrown out of office. That's Period. how powerful the and, church is. And you can look that up. His name was Colbert at C-U-L-B-E-R-T Olson, O-L-S-O-N. You can look it up yourself right on the internet. Colbert Olson, the governor 
of the state of California. So besides the Catholic Church, which we know how powerful they are, because even when they're priests, make the mistake of not understanding that children under 18 years of age should not be fondled. What happened to them? We carefully studied the law with the help of some of the best high-paid, experienced tax lawyers in the business, and then began to do exactly what the big boys were doing, except that we weren't stealing or stealing from our congregation or lying to the government about our massive profits in the name of God. We took a great deal of care to make it all visible, following all the rules, exactly the way the law said it was to be done. The intent of this exercise and our efforts was to bring about a much-needed re-evaluation of the laws that allow the monsters of organized religion to make such a mockery of people who earn an honest living. However, this is where I learned that there are two interpretations for every law, one for the very rich and one for the rest of us. Oh, and the monsters... Oh, and the monsters are the very ones making and enforcing the laws. The Inquisition is still alive and well today in this country. That little lesson in patriotism cost me $40,000 plus 10 years of my life and set my retirement plans back to zero. zero. It made me realize for the first time that I live in a country with an ideology that is based on a total and complete lie. It also made me realize not only how naive I had been, but also the incredible stupidity of the American public that they buy, hook, line, and sinker the crap about their freedom. They're just uneducated. And that they continue to do so with eyes closed in the face of overwhelming evidence and all that keeps happening in front of them. Before even having to make a shaky recovery from the sting of the first lesson on what justice really means in this country around 1984, after making my way through engineering school and still another five years of paying my dues, I felt I finally had to take a chance of launching my dream of becoming an independent engineer. On the subjects of engineers and dreams of independence, I should digress somewhat to say that I'm sure that I inherited the fascination for creative problem solving from my father. I realized this at a very young age. The significance of independence, however, came much later during my early years of college at the age of 18 or 19 when I was living on my own as a student in an apartment in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Next to a very sweet old lady. My neighbor was an elderly retired woman, 80 plus, seemed ancient to me at that age, (laughs) who was the widowed wife of a retired steelworker. Her husband had worked all his life in the steel mills of central Pennsylvania with promises from big business and the union that for his 30 years of service, he would have a pension and medical care to look forward to in his retirement. Hallelujah, brother. Instead, he was one of the thousands who got nothing because the incompetent mill management and corporate union, not to mention the government, raided their pension funds and stole their retirement. All she had was social security to live on. Wow. In retrospect, the situation was laughable because here I was living on peanut butter and bread or Ritz crackers when I could afford to splurge for months at a time. What about cat food, Rich? Tell me about the cat cat food. When I got to know this poor figure and heard her story, I felt worse for her plight than for my own. I, after all, I thought I had everything too in front of me. I was generally appalled at one point as we exchanged stories and commiserated with each other over our situations when she, in her grandmotherly fashion, tried to convince me that I... That's right. I... Wait, let me, let me see. I, healthier, eating cat food like her... Yes, cat food! Rather than trying to get all my substance from peanut butter and bread, I couldn't quite go there, but the impression was made. I decided that I didn't trust big business to take care of me and that I would take responsibility for my own future and myself. 
the way the American dream is. is. Now, return to the early 80s, and here I was off to a, ter- a, ter- a terrifying start as a wet-behind-the-ears contract software engineer. And two years later, thanks to the fine backroom midnight effort by the sleazy executives of Arthur Anderson, the very same folks who later brought us Enron and other such calamities, and an equally sleazy New York Senator, Patrick Moynihan, we saw the passage of the 1986 Tax Reform Act with its section 1706. For you who are unfamiliar, here is the core text of the IRS section 1706, defining the treatment of workers, such as contract engineers, for tax purposes. You may visit this link. Now, regarding the intended interpretation of Section 1706 and the relevant parts of Section 530 as amended, for information on how these laws affect technical service workers and their clients, you can read the discussion at www.synergistek.com. Go ahead and say it again, Rich. Okay, that's www. S-Y-N-E-R-G-I-S-T-E-C-H dot com forward slash IC dash tax law dot S-H-T-M-L. It's only about four paragraphs, folks, but read it. Okay. Because here's an interpretation. Okay, continuing on here after you read that. 20 years later, I still can't believe my eyes. During 1987, I spent close to $5,000 of my pocket change and at least 1,000 hours of my time writing, printing, and mailing to any senator, congressman, governor, or slug that might listen, (laughs) none did. And they universally treated me as as if I was wasting their time. I spent countless hours on the LA freeways driving to meetings and any and all of the disorganized professional groups who were attempting to mount a campaign against this atrocity. This only this only to discover that our efforts were being easily derailed by a few moles from the brokers who were just beginning to enjoy the windfall from the new declaration of their freedom. Oh, and don't forget, for all of the time I was spending on this, I was losing income that I couldn't bill clients. So after months of struggling, it had clearly gotten to be a futile exercise. The best we could get for all of our trouble is a pronouncement from an IRS mouthpiece that they weren't going to enforce that provision. Read the uh, harass the engineers and scientists. This immediately proved to be a lie, and the mere existence of the regulation began to have its impact on my bottom line. This, of course, was the intended effect. Effect. That's right. Again, rewind my retirement plans back to zero and shift them into idle. If I had any sense, I clearly should have left abandoned, or I clearly should have left abandoned engineering and never looked back. Instead, I got busy working 100-hour work weeks. Then came the LA depression of the early 1990s. Our leaders decided that they didn't need the Excuse me. Our leaders decided that they didn't need the uh, all of the extra Air Force bases they had in Southern California, so they were closed just like that. The result was economic devastation in the region that rivaled the widely publicized Texas SNL fiasco. However, because the government caused it, no one gave a shit about all of the young families who lost their homes or street after street of boarded up houses abandoned to the wealthy loan companies who received government funds to shore up their windfall. Again, I lost my retirement. And so did my brother. Years years later, after weathering a divorce and the constant struggle trying to build some momentum with my business, I find myself once again beginning to finally pick up some speed. Then came the dot-com bust. No, not again. Why the dot-com bust? Okay, and... The 9-11 nightmare. Our leaders decided that all aircraft were grounded for what seemed like an an eternity. And long after that, special facilities like San Francisco were on security alert for months. This made access to my customers prohibitively expensive. Expensive. Yes. Ironically, after what they had done, 
the government came to the aid of the airlines with billions of our tax dollars. Yes! As usual, they left me to rot and die. No. They bailed out their rich and competent cronies with my money. After these events, they went, out, they went my business, but not quite yet all of my retirement and savings. By this time, I'm thinking that it might be good for a change. Bye to California. I'll try Austin, Texas for a while. So I moved only to find out that this is a place with a highly inflated sense of self-importance and where damn little real, real, uh, real engineering work is done. I've never experienced such a hard time finding work. The rates are one-third of what I was earning before the crash because pay rates here are fixed by three or four large companies in the area who are in collusion to drive down prices and wages. And this happens because the Justice Department is all on the take and doesn't give a fuck about serving anyone or anything but themselves and their rich buddies. To survive, I was forced to cannibalize my savings in retirement, the last of which was a small IRA. This came in a year with mammoth expenses and not a single dollar of income. I filed no return that year thinking that because I didn't have any income, there was no need. Uh-oh. The sleazy government decided that they disagreed. Yes. But they didn't notify me in time. Uh, they didn't notify me in time for Hello, me. Hello, we're yeah. notifying you. Hello. They didn't notify me in time for me to launch a legal objection. So when I attempted to get a protest filed with the court, I was told I was no longer entitled Too late. to due process. Too late. Due process because this uh, because the time to file ran out. Bend over for another $10,000 of helping of justice. That feels good. So now we come to the present. After my experience with the CPA world following the business crash, I swore that I'd never enter another accountant's office again. But here I am with a new marriage and a boatload of undocumented income, not to mention an expensive new business asset, a piano, which I had no idea how to handle. After considerable thought, I decided that it would be irresponsible not to get professional help a very big mistake. And to be a red-blooded American and pay my taxes. Okay, and on that note, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back after this short message. Looking for a verbal hand job? Yes, 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 yes. Release your frustrations and listen to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Okay, we're back. RenegadeTalk.fm. My name is Richie Kepler, along with Marky Mark, as Marla is in Cairo someplace, hanging out with a camel. We're reading this uh, last... Uh, I can this, see her on those humps. Yeah, the humps. She's a humper. She's riding between the humps. She likes humps. She's riding the humps. Okay, anyway... We're uh, kind of we're reading the uh, suicide note that um, this individual uh, by the name of and I had it right here in front of me. Let's see, um, ja- Joseph Stack uh, committed suicide today by flying a plane into the IRS, one of the IRS buildings in Austin, Texas. But you know, well, I think that's not true. I think he actually was trying to get his taxes in on time. He was trying to drop them in. That's right. He was okay. trying to drop them in. Well, and he was fixated right on that black building. Well, let's continue here. So now we are, when we, here we go. When we received the forms back, I was very optimistic that they were in order. I had taken all of the year's information to Bill Ross, whoever, Bill Ross, and he came. His accountant. Uh, his accountant. Back, back with results very similar to what I was expecting, except that he had neglected to include the contents of Cheryl's unreported 12, income. 12000 Okay, I guess that's his wife. Mm-hmm. Of $12,700 worth of it. To make matters worse, Ross knew all along this was missing, and I didn't have a clue until he pointed it out in the middle of the audit. By that time, nice guy. By that time, it had become brutally, brutally evident that he was representing himself... And not me. Nice guy. This 
left me stuck in the middle of this disaster trying to defend transactions that have no relationship to anything tax-related. At least the tax-related transactions were poorly documented. Things I never knew anything about and things my wife had no clue would ever matter to anyone. The end result is, well, just look around. I remember reading about the stock market crash before the Great Depression and how there were wealthy bankers and businessmen jumping out of windows when they realized they screwed up and lost everything. Isn't it ironic how far we've come in 60 years in this country yeah. that they now know how to fix that little economic problem? They just steal from the middle class. No. In parentheses, who doesn't have any say in it? Elections are a joke. In parentheses, to cover up, to cover their asses, and it's business as usual. Now, when the wealthy fuck up, the poor get to die for their mistakes. Isn't that a clever, tidy solution? It sure is. It's the American way, Richie. As government agencies go, go, the FAA is often justifiably referred to as a tombstone agency, though they are hardly alone. The recent president, the recent... You know why he's saying that? Why is he saying that? Well, you know, you just brought it up earlier. What's that? You said until that intersection has a couple of people dying there going go. through, they don't make a change. They don't make a change until people die. That's right. So here's the aviation it's saying... Oh, we had about 200 people dying in the plane, and we found out the reason, so now we're going to change it. Okay, the recent presidential puppet, G.W. Bush, and his cronies in their eight years certainly reinforced for all of us that criticism rings equally true for all of the government. Nothing changes unless there is a body count. Unless it is in the interest of the wealthy, so's at the government trough. In a government full of hypocrites from top to bottom, life is as cheap as their lies and their self-serving laws. That's right. And they make us feel so good when they go to Haiti mm -hmm. and help out them people. I know I'm hardly the first one to decide I have had all I can stand. It has always been a myth that people have stopped dying for their freedom in this country, and it isn't limited to the blacks and poor immigrants. I know there have been countless before me, and there are sure to be many after. But I also know that by not adding my body to the count, I ensure nothing will change. I chose to not keep looking over my shoulder at Big Brother while he strips my carcass. I chose not to ignore, I choose not to ignore what is going on all around me. I choose not to pretend that business as usual won't continue. I have had just enough. I can only hope that the numbers quickly get too big to be whitewashed and ignore that the American zombies wake up and revolt. It will take nothing less. Do you hear that, people? I would... Is I, it true? I would, zombies? I would only hope that by striking a nerve that stimulates the inevitable double standard knee-jerk government reaction that results in more stupid restrictions, people wake up and begin to see the pompous political thugs and their mindless minions for what they really are. Sadly, though, I spent my entire life trying to believe it wasn't so, but violence not only is the answer, it is the only answer. The cruel joke is that the really big chunks of shit at the top have known this all along and have been laughing at and using this awareness against fools like me all along. I saw it written once that the definition of insanity is repeating the same process over and over, over. and expecting the outcome to suddenly be different. I am finally ready to stop this insanity. Well, Mr. Big Brother IRS man, let's try something different. Take my pound of flesh and sleep well. The communist creed. From each according to his ability, to each according to his need. The capitalist creed, from each according to his gullibility, to 
each according to his to greed. greed. Okay. So there is the suicide. Now, that is something for everybody to think about. Um, we have been being beat up lately over the last uh, 15 decades, decades. And uh, things are things are people are, are upset. and We understand that. But a lot of the ostrich media probably would not read that verbatim as we just did here on Renegade Talk Radio. And that's why we are here on the Internet to do this. And I know uh, quite a few radio stations, uh, yeah, quite a few radio stations around the country uh, spoke about the suicide notes, spoke about what the what the gentleman did by crashing the plane in, which we find to be. Uh, really, you sh- he shouldn't have done that. And he was very, very upset, as you can tell. But he needed to to get out, and he wanted to write his note. And now a lot of people will say he was a coward. A lot of people will say he was a hero. And a lot of people will start thinking about what is really going on. But you know what? If you all surround the IRS office and say, no, we won't pay. No, we won't pay. There it was might, a, It might work. You know, it's funny. In a, there was a, uh, a talk show, a radio talk show host in Philadelphia Oh, back in the 80s, and he took on the IRS on air. And uh, one day, um, he was told to shut up. So in other words, he he was not allowed to discuss uh, the IRS, but as a listener, you could call in, and you could go on about the IRS, and yeah, 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 whatever, yap, 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 all you want, but he just sat there and went, and he said the call letters of the radio station. He never, he never responded back to your question because he was not allowed to say anything because they were ready to pull the station license. And this was in, uh, in, Phil- this was in Philadelphia. And this gentleman, uh, I don't know if he's still alive today, but he was pounding and pounding the IRS and going after them. And they just went to the station and said, hey, if you don't shut up, then we're going to pull it. Bullshit. And, and that's what happens. This is bullshit. And uh, a lot of people forget about these things, but uh, they, they are there. Anyway, listen to Renegade Talk Radio. This is the end of the show for today. We'll be back probably on Monday for another edition. And we'd like to have your comments on this and what you, how you feel. Um, we just wanted to be the messenger of what this gentleman had to say in his suicide note. And uh, we just like to hear how you feel about uh, today's um, actions. Mark? You said the best. We're out of here. Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade. Renegade Talk Radio.